Welcome to House Call with Dr. Mack, where you get a real doc with straight talk for the whole you. It's here in the House Call community where we have created an inviting space for you to hear individuals' health stories, gain healthcare providers and other experts' perspectives. It is our mission that with the knowledge you gain here, you will be able to connect your own health dots, see a complete picture of yourself, and begin to experience full personal care. So, let's sit down. Let's get started. Let's have some conversations. Let's connect these dots. Let's get some straight talk. Hello, House Call community. Welcome back. We are here in the House Call community with yet another extraordinary guest. I have in the community today someone that's known as Cupcakes and Cardiology. And I know you're probably saying Cupcakes Cardiology. And I just want you to know it's probably not the usual correlation that you'll probably put in your head together, but this is a very interesting story. And I want to welcome to the House Call community, Simran Frontaine. Welcome to the House Call community. Hi. Hi. I am Hi, everybody. I am so glad that you were able to sit down with us today and share your story. I like to tell our community how a guest made it to our community. And I was looking back and I saw that there was a post that I had on Instagram where I was talking about women and heart disease and heart health and you liked it. And your the IG account name is what struck me. And I was like, cupcakes and cardiology. I was like, okay. So I went on over to your page and I started looking around and started seeing, huh, this is interesting. And I read your bio and I said, oh, wow. And that's when I sent you a direct message and said, hey, can we talk about what this cupcakes and cardiology and what's in your bio and have you come and share your story? And you said, yes. So that's how you came to the House Call community. So, Simran, can you tell us what is what is cupcakes in cardiology in relation to your medical story? Can you start telling us about your medical story? Well, cupcakes in cardiology is kind of my medical story. Um, I thought that um, I, like everybody my age, I'm on social media, and um, I stumbled across um, the Instagram recovery um, community, mm. and um, I noticed that there were some crucial errors with it, that it was a very sugar-coated version of the story, mm. and um, I wanted to share my own um, personal experiences with eating disorder recovery um, and raise awareness also about it, about the cardiovascular effects of eating disorders. Um, I just think that the community needed a different perspective. So that's what I decided to do. Wow. And as you've said so far, that yours is a recovery story, and it deals with an eating disorder. So can you tell us what eating disorder were you diagnosed with? And let's start talking about your story, and if you could take us down and open up the journey for us. Um, I've had an eating disorder since um, about the age of eight. Um, my parents had their 
perspective, food issues. Um, my mom struggled with um, binge eating, and my dad was um, orthorexic, and um, their issues rubbed off on me, mm. and um, I developed anorexia from a young age. Um, that all caught up with me um, the summer before last. Um, wow. And I was The summer before that. Before, before and, this. Um, Yes, um, summer of 2015, or summer of 2016, because, hold on, what year is it? Yeah, summer of 2016. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Now you you have you host a blog post, and we'll put out all of the the information where people can follow you. And I was reading the about me page on the about me page, and you were telling a little bit about your story. Uh, there was something that you stated that really jumped out and caught my attention when you talk about your parents and their respective relationships with food and their own food um, issues you you talked about as a young child you would hear um, you would hear your aunts talk about their own struggles um, such as their failed diet you know challenges and then can you tell us about when you were transferred from one school to the next it seems like that's when things started to blossom for you can you tell us about that well, well, um, I have always been um, ahead academically, so I um, received a scholarship to a private school, and um, it was a very different environment from the one I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody was from a very wealthy background with very um, with very different expectations than I had, and they had all also known each other since, like, millionaire pre-K, mm-hmm. and... Um, I just felt so isolated, and um, I wanted to fit in like every kid does, but at the same time, I wanted to stand out, and I think that that is really when my eating disorder popped out. Um, It was a coping skill, and it was my endeavor to, my endeavor to belong, Mm -hmm. and And tell us what, what, how would it, how would it, how did it start manifesting itself? So you talk about um, wanting to fit in, and it was a way of coping. There was a, a um, one story that you told that you started unfolding about a group of you and what you all would do um, to go to one of the local, I guess at that time it seemed like a Starbucks type of version. So tell us, what, how did this kind of start for you? Well, I um, tried out for and made my school's soccer team, and I was just like, wow, friends. Right, yay. right. Um, and all of those girls were, they were very rich, very, they were very athletic. I was not. I was sort of a weakling on the team. Mm -hmm. And, um, they sort of, they took me under their wing, which was very nice of them. Oh, and they were also all a year older. Oh, okay. So, um, I, I went with them to the coffee shop. It was a, um, coffee bean and tea leaf, which, yeah, is a lot like Starbucks. And um, we were we were all obviously too young for coffee. So we got those coffee beverages, um, which are analogous to Frappuccinos. Mm-hmm. And um, we would just drink those and we would chat about school and then our parents would pick us up. And um, my mom um, always told me how bad those beverages were for me, how much sugar they had, how much weight I would gain. And um, 
first of all, those things were not true mm. because um, I was eating a balanced diet. I, at the beginning, I was eating a balanced diet and I was exercising. Okay. So, and I, I was, I wasn't going to gain a ridiculous amount of weight and just like balloon out and mm. from having one coffee beverage a day. That's ridiculous. Um, it's also just nobody should say those things to a kid. Um, nobody should put disordered messages like that in a child's head and force them to vilify food. And that very, very quickly escalated into a full-blown eating disorder. Um, I just assumed my mom was right. I mean, I didn't know any better what um, 11-year-old has the critical thinking skills to say, oh, yeah, um, this is diet culture, and diet culture is wrong. I mean, I just assume my mom was right. Right. You just assume your parents are right, don't you? Exactly. Now, what did you start doing um, when your mom said these these drinks are gonna, you know, make you gain make you gain weight? Um, I started taking compensatory measures. So I would I would skip lunch. I would um, but I would I would throw away my lunch. That very quickly escalated to skipping dinner and skipping breakfast. And before I knew it, I cut out those coffee drinks and. Wow. Um, I don't necessarily know how I got to that point, but by the end of eighth grade, I was eating 100 calories a day, maximum. Whoa. And Just 100 calories a day? Yeah. How would you feel? I felt horrible. Um, it was just, it was sort of like, you know when you get off a plane and you can't really sleep? So you're just kind of in a haze. It was sort of like that feeling mm. all the time. I could barely keep my eyes open. I could barely walk. Um, and I, um, at that point, um, I was starting to have some of the severe complications of malnutrition. So my organs were shutting down. So I was, um, I was in liver failure, for instance. And, um, Thankfully, they managed to um, get me out of that with um, minimal damage. But it was a um, it was an incredibly scary medical circumstance, yeah. and I know that now looking back on it. Yeah. I mean, at the time, I was at the time I was very ill, and I wasn't ready to recover. And I was just like, "No, get me out of here! I need to go lose weight." Whoa. Now, at the time when you had the liver failure and you started having medical complications, is that when you were diagnosed with an eating disorder at that point? Um, that's when I received my official diagnosis of anorexia. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, were there, was there, were there any, because at this point you're still considered a child. Were there any adults that noticed how that you just didn't seem yourself you know maybe were there any school teachers were there any counselors at school were there any relatives I mean were there was there anybody looking on that said something's not right with Simran it's a very hard thing to talk about and at the beginning nobody really notices Mm. it's like when you lose when you start to lose weight you get a lot of compliments it's like oh you look great or, wow, how did you do it? Um, or is there something different about you? And it's all very positive for a while. And that really feeds the eating disorder until until you get emaciated. And that's 
only then do people start to worry. Mm. But by then, sometimes it's too late. Oh, wow. And yes, people said stuff, but um, my my mom was blind to it. Mm. She didn't want to hear it. She didn't want to acknowledge that I had a problem. I mean, what parent would be here? Yeah, yeah. The child is dying. Wow. So now you're in the hospital, you have liver failure, but you decided you didn't want to accept your official diagnosis. You get out of the hospital and do you for a while try to kind of comply with everybody so that nobody bothers you or what happened after you got out of the hospital and you know, now you're, you're not in that acute emergency situation. Well, after fighting treatment with everything I had, I got out and I maintained the minimum weight possible. Mm-hmm. Um, my goal was to convince everybody I was fine so that they would just go away and leave me to drop more weight. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just hoping people wouldn't notice. Wow. Um, I just, I was hoping that I could just go on with my illness and I did everything I could to do that. So after this point, what is the next time you said now there was a point in the summer of 2016 where things just kind of really fell apart for you? Can you tell us what happened? What was the impetus behind this? Um, in, in the summer of 2016, I was at this Baby Shakespeare conference that um, I, had, I had been honored to be invited to, and I was so excited to be there. And um, it was, I, I got up one morning, and I was feeling very strange, but I thought nothing of it. Um, and I just, I started walking to class, and I just started feeling worse and worse and worse. So I eventually stopped to sit down. And um, before I really knew what was happening, um, I was at a hospital, and people had just told me that I'd had a heart attack. And I didn't really believe it because I thought that only old fat men had heart attacks. Whoa, I mean, yes, absolutely. I mean, if, if people are watching the YouTube channel of this conversation, they can see you're a very young person. Um, and could you tell, I mean, at this point, how old are you when this happened? I was 18. 18 years old, and you have just been told you had a heart attack. I didn't believe them. Wow. Um, and I... I didn't understand what they were saying. I don't think I even knew what a heart attack was. Hmm. It's, you know, it's one of those words or one of those phrases that you hear thrown around. Yes. But nobody, unless they're a cardiologist, knows what it is. I was just like, I, what? Okay, can I leave now? Wow. And um, that was, if, once they told me how serious it was, it was a wake-up call. It really was. Um, but it was incredibly shocking. Yeah, yeah. Wow. To me and to them. They um, they were very confused. They had to look at my um, EKG um, several times. Yeah. They were like, hold on, what? Now, were you, had you lost a lot of weight by then? by this point. So were they able to start putting the pieces together and start saying, okay, this is a complication of your eating disorder and then start educating you about that. How did, how did that come well, about? That the people at that um, hospital were kind of clueless. Mm. Um, it was not a very good hospital. Um, they had very little understanding of eating disorders. Okay. Um, 
Um, so they were able, when I got back, um, I was in the UK at the time. So when mm-hmm. I got back to the States, um, I was very fortunate to see um, an incredible cardiologist here. Okay. Um, and she, um, she explained everything to me and she explained that this was caused by um, an electrolyte imbalance. Mm-hmm. Um, which was a result of malnutrition. Gotcha. Um, and it it makes sense. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. It still just doesn't feel real. It does make sense, and a lot of t- and when we're having a conversation, I like to when I can inject the science into this so that I can help try and pull this together. Um, of course, you know, guys that have listened to the show before, I will get a cardiologist in here before long so that we can talk about this. But what can happen from my you know mere understanding, and of course, I give my disclaimer: I'm not a cardiologist. Is that I mean we need electrolytes like calcium, we need um, hydrogen, we need potassium, we need uh, all these different electrolytes to actually help the muscle tissue to contract and be healthy, and the nerve endings to be healthy. You need calcium, you need chloride, um, you you need these things to actually go through the cellular channels that help a nerve ending to conduct one a nerve impulse that then attack or helps to conduct the heartbeat. You need the heart muscle muscle to be healthy, to be able to beat when it's given the signal to beat. And when you don't have these things working together like a nice um, orchestra, then you've got the band section, you've got one section doing something on its own, you've got the violins playing on their own, you have everything just going kind of haywire. And with the heart muscle, when you have an electrolyte imbalance, it can be weak. It cannot contract like it should. You also have the vasculature that's getting messed up. So you don't have blood flow to the heart, which is an ischemic attack, which can cause a heart attack. So it does make sense that when you are so malnourished that you have these really big swings in electrolyte abnormalities that you can have a heart attack. And that is the thing that drew me to your story is that when I was able to go on your on your site and start reading and, and it just made sense, I was like, oh my goodness, this is one of those things that we in the community and medical community, I feel don't talk about a lot. And we don't give people pause. We do a lot of yo-yo dieting. We do a lot of restrictive dieting. And we don't just make healthy choices every day. And I, I love the part in your story, and, and it was one of those sad parts, though, where you did talk about how you listened to the culture around you. And a lot of it is our family culture, even. You know, just listening to aunt so-and-so or cousin so-and-so and how they're talking about, oh, I'm trying to get into this dress or I need to drop 20 pounds or I need to do this. And it has given me pause as a mother of what signals am I sending to our children, the our son and our daughter, when I say, you know, oh, I need to, you know, lose weight. Or so I've become very conscious of saying, I just need to make healthy choices today. You know, this doesn't help my brain work very well. I know what, what fuels my brain or what fuels my body. And so when I read your blog, that just kind of gave me confirmation that, yes, we need to change our speech around how we eat and what we how we treat our bodies. Um, so I, I'm just so glad that, that you're being so transparent with your story. I really appreciate this so now you've had you've had your heart attack I mean really truly you have had a heart attack 
where and you're back in the states and this cardiologist is now explaining to you what happened what is your treatment now i mean what what goes on in making sure that you stay healthy well you mean what am i doing now or what is eating disorder treatment like that's a good I'm go, I'm glad you made me break it down. Let's go let's let's do it in two parts. Let's say what how did you treat your eating disorder then? Like how did you get on the recovery for that? And then we'll go into what are you doing now? Okay. Well, I was sort of scared into um recovering. Mm-hmm. Um they the whole the whole heart attack thing was very shocking and um I was just like, "Oh, okay, um, I guess I don't really have a choice now. Right. Um, recovery wasn't an option. It was sort of forced on me by my circumstances. So um, I was incredibly ill at that point. Um, I weighed um, 75 pounds. Whoa. And I'm quite tall. I'm five feet, five inches. So um, it was... I had a very dangerously low BMI. So the first thing that they had to do was physically put weight on me. Mm-hmm. And um, that is very hard to do um, for anybody, but um, especially um, somebody with a cardiac history due to um, complications such as refeeding syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, because you don't want to, like, send the body into shock with the administration of calories. Right. So they, they had to start... Um, they had to start slowly. So they started me off on um, a meal plan. Um, I saw a nutritionist, and she put me on a meal plan of um, about 2,000 calories. Okay. And, you said 2,000 um, or 3,000? 2,000. 2,000, okay. Very quickly increased. Wow. Um, but they, um, they started me off um, eating about 2,000 calories, and they increased as I um, slowly gained weight. Got it. And, um, of course, I um, had to see um, – I, I had to deal with the mental component of my eating disorder as well. So um, I saw a um, therapist mm-hmm. and a psychiatrist. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. And so now – Let's let's bring it to what's going on now. It seems like you had said in the beginning of our conversation that you went and you found the recovery side of 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 IG of Instagram, and you wanted you saw that people were kind of sugarcoating recovery, and you're saying, wait a minute, it's not always just oh I'm better now, you know, life is great, and so what are you doing now at this point? Well. Recovery is not great. Recovery is a constant struggle, mm-hmm. and it is miserable. Um, but that being said, um, having an eating disorder and dying of that eating disorder is much, much worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, anyway, so I, um, I sort of, I had, I was forced to um, drop out of school okay. um, due to my heart attack. So. I kind of needed something to do, so I decided to start a blog, Mm -hmm. and um, I I basically, um, I thought about what I needed when I was recovering, Mm -hmm. and that was really, it was the truth, um, somebody's candid experiences, but also hard science, so 
I decided to do a lot of research into um, the cardiovascular complications of eating disorders and just kind of cardiology in general and put it into accessible but um, intelligent terms. So I built a website with all of that. Yes. And that's kind of what I'm doing now. And it is an awesome website. I love it. It's easy to navigate. I, I love the the section that you had that talked about cardiology and you talked about certain tests or you talked about terms that are used. So when somebody goes, they can kind of understand the lingo that's going on at their visit because a lot of times that is half the battle. We, you know, when a client, when a patient comes in, we as a practitioner don't realize sometimes that our lingo is a totally different language. And it's very scary for patients um, when they just jab a bunch of needles in you and throw a bunch of words at you. Um, luckily, my um, my cardiologist was amazing at explaining everything. Um, she taught me how to read an EKG. She taught me how to read an echo. Um, she, um, she told me all the blood tests. She explained what they meant. And um, that really helped me feel comfortable with the process mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um it really helped me trust her yes because otherwise um and, and it it made me a lot less scared yes yes I love hearing that I knew what was going on um and it it was um it was a lot more approachable mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. way yes yes that that is awesome oh wow so um, before we leave, Sim- uh, Simran, I want uh, to have you give our community a tip of the day. We usually um, ask you to, you can either give it on the subject that we're talking about or anything that is on your heart. And then um, before you leave the community, if you could tell us where everybody can find you on the internet. Um. Sorry, so my phone connection is a little body. Can you repeat the first question? No problem. I said we usually ask our guests to give our community a tip of the day before we let you leave. I'm looking at our time, and I would just want to wrap up this conversation. And so if you would give our community a tip of the day, it can be on the subject we're talking about or anything that's on your heart. We would be honored. Um, trust yourself. Um. Trust, trust your body to know physically what it needs. Um, and honor, honor your food cravings, honor your exercise cravings. Um, if you feel like resting, rest. If you feel like going for a run, go for a run. If you want to eat cake, eat cake. Because in the long run, skipping that cake, demonizing that cake will do you more harm than just having a couple bites. Your body knows what it needs and you need to learn to trust it. And I think the same thing goes for your mind and for your life choices. Um, But, you know, you know what's right, and that's up to you, not up to other people around you. Uh, That is such, I love that tip. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Before we let you go, where can people find you on the internet? Um, I have a website. Um, It's www.cupcakesandcardiology.com 
And I'm also on um, Instagram. My username is Cupcakes and Cardiology. Um, there's, um, yeah, you can find me there. Cool, cool. And on your website, you also have really great recipes. I wanted to bring that out. So, guys, head on over. Oh, yeah. Head on over to Cupcakes and Cardiology and just enjoy yourselves and get some more information and get educated. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us in the House Call community. We really enjoyed your story, and, and it has taught us so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was an honor. Awesome. All right, community, till next time, we'll see you back here. Bye now.